Hey, everybody, this is Ryan Carson, and welcome to the Progression Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Progression Podcast. Today, I am honored to be speaking to Ryan Carson, who is the founder of Treehouse. If anyone has wanted to learn how to code online, you'll have come across Treehouse, which has been a real powerhouse and kind of one of the pioneers of online learning, definitely around tech. But we get to hear a bunch of Ryan's backstory and in fact, uh, some British roots, which I'm particularly proud of. What we really get into though is privilege and power and breaking that down, something that Ryan is trying to do with projects of increasing size as we go along. So Project Unlock the American Dream uh, aims to train 100,000 Americans from diverse backgrounds into software engineering apprenticeships. So we hear a bunch about that. The stuff that has led him to that increasing frustration with uh, not being able to break down those power structures. So hope you enjoy this chat. Another different angle on growing at work. Ryan, amazing to have you on the podcast. Uh, we're just going to go straight into it. You need no introduction. I may give you an introduction uh, outside this uh, interview, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but what I would love to hear from you uh, is a, a kind of five minute potted history of how you find yourself here today. Um, kind of some of the things that you've got up to and and um, your 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 career journey to to now. Yeah, thank you. It's it's great to be on the show. Thank you for your time. Um, so I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Treehouse. And for the last decade, uh, we have been working very hard at teaching uh, 850,000 people how to code online uh, for 0.2% of the cost of a computer science degree. So um, the let me take you back a little bit to the beginning. So um, I was born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado um, and uh, 1977. And had two great parents. My dad was a stockbroker, and my dad and my mom was a, a teacher. And I just grew up as an all-American kid. You know, I was in the Boy Scouts. Um, I have three amazing sisters. Um, I went fishing. Um, I was in, you know, church plays with my sister. It was just very much like a, a movie. And um, what changed my life was having an Apple IIe computer in my home. So. Grew up loving computers, um, you know, played games on them, got really comfortable with technology. And then my life changed forever uh, in 11th grade. Um, so in America, that you're, you're probably 16, 17 at that point. And I was walking down the hallway and m- my math teacher, Miss Bruce, stopped me and she said, Hey, Ryan, um, have you ever thought about taking our computer programming class? And I said, well, I know what computers are, but I don't know what programming is. And she said, it's where you tell the computer what to do and it does it. And I was like, whoa, I'm in. <laughs> so um, so took that class and learned a language called, called Turbo Pascal, um, which nobody probably knows about or has ever heard of. But <clears throat> And then, you know, that changed my life forever because then I went to study computer science at Colorado State University. Um, and then, this is an honest truth, um, I watched a movie called Notting Hill, and uh, <laughs> Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts are, are my heroes. And Hugh Grant's life looked amazing, and I thought, 
I'm going to move to London. So <laughs> Full sabotaging. So, yeah, so I, I did, and it turns out you have to be a millionaire to live in Notting Hill. So, um, yeah, it was completely fabricated. There's absolutely no way he lived in that house. Yeah. No, so that didn't, that didn't work. Um, but uh, what the second thing that changed my life is um, I got an interview at a web development company in Cambridge, England, and I got it because I have a computer science degree. Um, and uh, then we went through the interview. It went well, and and I discovered that they were writing things in a language called Cold Fusion. And I said, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard of that. I don't know that. And they said, Don't worry, you can read a book. And I thought, What? <laughs> uh, and I got <laughs> I got mad because you know I had just spent four years of my life. Uh, I was privileged to have my parents pay for my degree, but they had spent fifty thousand dollars on it. And mm. it meant nothing. Um, but it's, for some reason, the reason I got the interview. And it just seemed to me the whole system was broken. Um, and uh, I grew up, you know, as a church kid, and it was drilled into me that it was important to make the world better and to help people and and to give people opportunities. And I just thought, you know, there there has to be thousands of people that are being locked out of all of this wealth and power of getting into tech because they don't have a computer science degree and that's mm. not okay um it's wrong it's it's literally harming people and so at that moment i decided i wanted to change that and um you know fast forward i i met a girl she's an amazing uh northern lass uh, from saint helens in england and we got married and had kids and and we decided to start a company to to try to fix you know this injustice and we started teaching people how to code in person so we did all these in-person conferences uh one was in london in 2006 and you know we had 800 people come to this conference and we had a bunch of famous people speak about coding and and it really took off um you know fast forward uh several years later um i had my first kid and and then i had to reevaluate my life um, having kids will make you do that. It kind of makes you stop and think about your life and whether what you're doing matters. Um, and I essentially realized that we were kind of doing the same thing all over again. Everybody that came to our conferences already had access to wealth. You know, they could fly plane, fly on planes. They could, you know, get a hotel room. They could take three days out of their life to learn how to code. So they kind of already had access to the wealth um, in tech. Um, and I realized, I don't think this is working. I don't think it actually is fixing anything. And so uh, in April of 2010, um, Jill and I, my wife and I, were brushing our teeth in the morning. And I was just thinking. And I finally said, you know, how can we take what we do, teaching people how to code in person at these conferences and workshops, how can we scale it, make it affordable, make it accessible, um, mm. oh, there's got to be a way. And she said, well, that's easy. We'll just hire one of our speakers, um, have them teach how to code on video, and then we'll put it on the internet. And so I was <laughs> like, you're right. That is pretty straightforward. Let's do that. And uh, you know, we copied lynda.com and their pricing. It was 25 bucks a month. And we launched it, and it just took off like a rocket. So we had 3,000 students on the first day. Um, wow. And it was amazing. And I thought, this is it. This is going to change the world. Um, so then let me fast forward a little further on the story. So 
Um, Jill and I moved uh, to Portland, Oregon um, from Bath, England because Treehouse, the company was growing. It was a U.S. company. You know, we had hundreds of thousands of students and we needed just to be, you know, closer to, to Silicon Valley and, and, and our, our employees. So we moved to Portland, Oregon. And then in 2016, um, I signed what's called a diversity pledge, which basically says, you know, I care about, you know, getting people access to all the wealth and happiness in tech. And I, I think that should match the diversity of America instead of being mostly people that look like me. Um, and I instantly knew that what we were doing at Treehouse wasn't working because the industry is still dominated by people that look like me. And that's where all the wealth and power still is. And uh, it broke my heart. And honestly, I got depressed um, because I felt like, you know, we had been working for six years on this problem. Um, actually longer, if you count, you know, the, uh, the in-person workshops, it was closer to 12 years at that point. And the industry had not changed at all. And it was as if all my work meant nothing. And, um, and yes, we've served students and I'm proud that we've done that, you know, um, but it wasn't changing the system, which was my goal. And, um, and I, I got educated. So I read a book called The New Jim Crow, um, which is about the mass incarceration system in America that basically uh, preys upon black men. And then I listened to a podcast called Seeing White and I, I interviewed a ton of people. And I, and I just realized, you know, America has deep, deep systematic problems, um, problems around racism and sexism. Um, and they are, they are so deep that, you know, a $25 per month school is not going to fix them. And, you know, again, I just got really depressed and um, I kind of hit rock bottom one night when uh, I was out on a date with my wife and we were, you know, drinking a beer and eating pizza. And she said, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and, uh, and I said, you know, I feel like everything we're doing doesn't matter. And I feel like the system is so broken that there's no way we could ever fix it. And I just don't know what to do. And she kind of said, hey, snap out of it. Um, <laughs> where's the naive optimist I married? Come on. Um, <laughs> and I said, you're right. Okay, let's do something. And so then what we, we did is said, well, okay, uh, there's a Boys and Girls Clubs, which in America is this amazing nonprofit that serves primarily the black community and Latinx community. Um, they have all these amazing kids that go there after school. Um, to have a safe place to be, you know, while they wait for their parents to pick them up. And I met someone who worked there named Colleen um, Showalter, and and we we just hit it off, and it was amazing. So I said, "You've got talent. I've got a school. You know, let's see what we can make happen here." Um, mm. So she recruited high potential talent right out of high school. You know, no college degree. We unlocked a scholarship to our tech degree, which is our world class online. Um, uh, software engineering curriculum. Then we made sure everybody had a broadband and laptop at home. And then we layered on mentorship and support over video calls. Um, and at the end, I found three companies to hire these amazing folks as software engineering apprentices. So guaranteed job placement, zero dollars and zero student debt. And Nike hired, um, Treehouse hired, and then a company called Envision hired. And it absolutely worked. I mean, it was, it was magic. So 
that's how we ended up where we're at today. We basically took that system and then scaled it and said, okay, let's do this over and over again across the country. And, um, you know, now we're installing apprentices at companies like MailChimp in Atlanta, you know, Verizon in Dallas, HubSpot in Boston, um, Adobe in San Francisco, Nike in Portland. I mean, it's amazing. And, uh, that led to something really big we're doing, which I'll talk about later, which is called Project Unlock the American Dream. And I'll explain all about that. But the, the goal is to empower 100,000 uh, individuals who have been locked out of the American Dream by placing them as software engineering apprentices, uh, which will create so, something like a quarter of a trillion dollars of generational wealth for, for hardworking families in America. So that is the complete journey. It's uh, it's been a fun one. That's a hard uh, one. Th- <laughs> that is that that's wild, and it, and obviously I'm gonna we're gonna dig into the the last two three years of it specifically. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say your wife sounds awesome. She is. Um, <laughs> She's my secret <laughs> weapon. <laughs> yeah, a beer and a pizza and and uh, a kind of a new a new lease of life. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's I I suppose it must be interesting to go from in person uh, conferences where you do get that kind of human interaction and, and you get to meet the real people to, to doing things online where you probably don't, it's harder to feel the human impact of mm. however many people are graduating from these, these degrees, you're kind of not seeing it in quite the same way. And then to go back to the talent path side where actually you're, you're going, you're going nose to tail all the way to the, the final, the final result. And with such a good, um, you know, mission behind it yes. that drives it. Thank you. It's been it's been a fascinating journey. I mean, essentially, I've been working on this problem for sixteen years now. Um, yeah, and it, and I want people to hear that, you know, and know that it takes time um, to do something meaningful. Um, you know, you hear all this, you know, silliness around you know people launching companies and being billion dollar companies in three years, and it's just not real. Um, mm. and it's not normal and it's, and it's not what you should try to do. Um, mm. you know, everybody should be choosing problems they truly care about and they want to work on for decades. Um, now you can't always do that. You know, sometimes you just don't know what you want to do and what you want to work on. But, um, I want to encourage everybody out there and say, ignore all this silliness that you hear about, especially over in America and Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, you know, I'm in the process of, of, well, starting a, a company and um, we haven't taken any money. So there's no kind of real huge pressure to, you know, uh, Good. Uh, win or die trying. Uh, yeah. But uh, it is interesting when you start a kind of mission, mission led company. Um, you know, we have strong beliefs about the way that the world should work. And we're one of our big values is to be net positive and, and, you know, do good rather than harm for sure. Um, awesome. But then you also, you're looking at your bank balance and you're thinking, well, I mean, I need to work out how to make some money out of this as well. So, um, sometimes you have to, it, 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 when the rubber hits the road, working out, you know, this small decision that I'm making around maybe, I don't know, pricing or who my first set of customers are going to be. And if this works, then I get to survive for another three months or another six months. Um, but what does that mean? That's the way it should be. You know, you should be, moving a little bit at a time and solving problems as you go. This whole idea of like you have to raise money and then figure out how to run the business isn't normal. 
Yeah. Um, you know, that, that is normal if you're solving a problem that requires massive capital, you know, to scale. Like, you know, if you're building a medical device or if you are, you know, you know, launching a drone company. I mean, yes, those are capital intensive things and you're not going to be able to iterate, you know, with, you know, bootstrapping. But most problems are not like that. Yeah, and I think that there's that there's definitely not enough rigor put into what what is a small version of this that can be. Yeah, people, and and I've been guilty of this. You know, you come up with the the ten year vision and then you try and build it. <laughs> um, anyway, so I mean, I, I I don't want to turn this whole conversation into well about me. So I, I want to I want to uh, just ask you. Um, I suppose this is this is uh, relevant to. Uh, what we're trying to do, but you are kind of one of the pioneering companies in, I mean, I'm sure you may be avoiding this word, but gamified learning in that Mm. there are badges and, and, um, you know, you, you accrue points through achieving things. And I wondered if there's anything, you know, eight years into Treehouse's life Mm. that you've learned about what motivates people uh, and how to get the best out of people and, and when that works and when it doesn't. So, um, People need deadlines. Um, uh, that's a big learning that you really need a goal to work towards. And everybody, including me, finds it hard to um, stick to something if there's no deadline looming. So that's, that's important. The other thing is there has to be a strong why. Um, you, you can't trick people <laughs> into having a why. You, know, you can't yeah. gamify your way out of that. Um, there has to be a reason. And, um, you know, you look at, at Treehouse and, and learning how to code is not the reason. Um, you know, people have reasons like they want to make enough money to feed their kids, you know, or they want to build wealth, you know, for their grandkids. You know, they want to be free mm-hmm. to have a job that actually pays them enough. You know, these are whys that deeply matter. Um, learning how to code doesn't matter. Um, it's the it's the what you get out of it that matters. So, I think anyone who's trying to gamify anything, you know, needs to try to figure that out. Um, if you're just one of those companies that is preying on people's dopamine hits, like that's another thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not gamification. You know, that's what Facebook has become, and um, you know, I think we all know where that goes. So, I think it's important to help. Yeah, the variable reward stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate that stuff. You know, it's just it's just literally preying upon humans' evolution. <laughs> so mm. bad, I hate it. Um, the the good stuff is, hey, what's people's why, and how do you how do you gamify around that? Um, how do you help them accomplish the goal they want to accomplish? You know, um, that's important. Yeah, no, no one wakes up in the morning and thinks I want to spend four hours on Twitter. No, they think <laughs> they think, but they would think. Well, in a year's time, I want to be X. Yes, um, but day to day. It's an effort to chip away at that, and it feels too big and too far away. Exactly. So you have to kind of trick people into doing the thing that ultimately they will thank you for. Amen. Yep. Yeah, very interesting. This episode is kindly sponsored by the Deliveroo Experience Team. I can say, as someone who spent two and a half years working there, that Deliveroo is an amazing place to come and be a designer, a researcher, or a UX writer. You'll get to break out of not just the screen, working on real-life problems around getting food from kitchen to table, but out of London, going out to solve problems for customers, riders, and restaurants in 14 countries around the world. There's a bunch of open roles as we speak, with everything from senior managers to product designers, UX writers, and researcher roles up for grabs. 
They're looking for applicants from diverse backgrounds. And if you're not sure if you qualify, you should definitely apply anyway. The job descriptions are not a checklist. All you need to do is head to delivery.design to check out what the team are up to and what your next job could look like. That link is also in the show notes. Thanks. I'd love to dig back into the, the talent path. You announced Talent Path. And the Talent Path is the program that you were talking about around um, bringing less advantaged people into tech. And um, Correct. And you announced that end of last year. I'm, so I'm interested, especially interested now you just dropped the bomb uh, of, of a new announcement, which sounds um, a, a bigger scale. But what are the learnings and... and um, yeah. Yeah, um, tell me more. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a fascinating journey because like I said, th- this all started out as, as uh, just I've got to do something. You know, I, I can't die someday knowing that I didn't do my best to try to, you know, use my skills and my access to try to solve a problem that, you know, is literally life and death for people. So that's where that first, you know, experiment came from. Okay, well, let's find some amazing graduates of the Boys and Girls Clubs and let's, you know, give them access to our tech degree and then let, let me go find an employer and let's just see if it works. You know, and we made no money out of that. That was just all volunteer time and um, and then it worked and it changed my life. You know, I, I realized this is the thing I was trying to build the entire time, uh, this system. Um, so I think that's where Talent Path came from. We basically took that and turned it into a repeatable, scalable product. Um, you know, this can be installed in any company in America, in any city. Um, and so that's where that came from. But it, it was also an interesting transition as a business because that's a B2B product. You know, um, it's free to the consumer. You know, the student, um, the, the buyer is a business who, you know, realizes they need amazing diverse talent and they need to win the talent war. Um, and, and that's, you know, and they need to do the right thing. You know, there's a, yeah. a, there's a you know, America is very divided right now. And, um, and I, I think a lot of people want to feel like they can do something about it. Um, so that's the way that business kind of developed. But it's, it's really like a business second. It's a, it's a purpose first. You know, um, I honestly really don't care about making money. I want to um, know that I am serving people and, and empowering them. Um, yes, we need to be sustainably profitable, and and so we charge companies a fair price for that. And we are yeah. sustainably profitable, which means we can scale and we can stay and we can do this for you know forty more years. Um, so that's where that kind of comes from. But a um, little bit of you know sneak peek here: um, we're going to be actually rebranding Talent Path and just call it Treehouse Apprenticeships. Um, uh, kind of a the actual reason, which is kind of funny, is that someone owns TalentPath.com, and we don't want to. Right. <laughs> we don't want to sue them, and it's just so. Yeah, yeah. Let's just pick a different name, and it's actually a better name because it says what it is, you know, and it's got our 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 name in it. So, but Project Unlock the American Dream was a fascinating evolution of this. So, you know, we basically worked extremely hard at installing Trios apprenticeships across the country. Like I said, you know. Verizon, Niantic, um, Nike, HubSpot, MailChimp, um, you know, the list goes on, are, are paying us to run those programs. And then I realized, you know what, um, the way we're truly going to change the system in America and give, basically close the opportunity gap, right? So what, mm-hmm. what, what the problem is, is, you know, 
opportunity is not evenly distributed. So there are so many talented people that just don't have a door. <laughs> they, they, yeah. we, they don't have a ladder to climb. You know, if they did, they would. You know, you're not doing the work for them and you're not, you know, um, letting them cheat. You're basically saying, hey, here's a ladder that a lot of other people have. Now you can climb it too. Um, and so uh, we're actually going to rebrand. You'll see that our logo is going to change to a ladder um, to signify, we're, you know, we're building the ladder to jobs in tech. Um, so this has all been kind of evolving and happening. And, and I, Project Unlocked American Dream is about, hey, how do, we, how do we go big on this? How do we make a big impact? And so uh, we're actually partnering with um, uh, two nonprofits to make it happen. So Boys and Girls Clubs and uh, an amazing organization called Anita B, um, which run a, a huge conference called Grace Hopper has 26,000 women that attend every year. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a long process, but I, I think that Project Unlocked American Dream is going to be the spark that lights the fire that changes America forever. Um, and I just, I can't wait. That's so wild <laughs> to be able to say that with uh, every reason to be able to say that, and, yeah. you know, not just one of those, I believe. Uh, uh, you know, seed stage uh, VC pitches. It's it, This is real. This is a thing that's happening. You, there's this great HBR article um, from the end of last year when you were kind of talking about um, what was what was and still is Talent Path, but, but you know, soon to be rebranded. Mm. Um, when you were looking back at Treehouse and and whether that was reflective of the, the diversity of America. I think there's something specific. I'm aware we don't have too much time left, but there's something specific and probably quite actionable for um, people listening who are looking at diversity within their own organizations. Mm. Um, and you you went out and talked to a bunch of people and and, and learnt, um, <laughs> learnt why some of the things that you were trying, that I think a lot of people are trying, weren't working the way that you wanted. And I just wondered if a minute spent talking about that would be um, a good last thing to end on. Boy, you know, I went through a huge transformation personally and, and I, I realized, um, you know, I was so fortunate to grow up the way I did. You know, I had, I had healthy parents. I had enough to eat. Um, I had a computer in my home, um, you know, as in, to be blunt, as a white person in America, you know, um, I didn't get discriminated against all the time. And as a man, I, you know, I, I have, it's easier for me to, to make things happen because of sexism. There's just so many things that, that kind of let me be like three laps ahead of everybody else. Um, mm. And I realized that's not fair that other people don't get to start at the same starting line as me. I don't think people should be pushed past the starting line and be given, you know, kind of, you know, almost like a cheat, but they should be able to be at the same starting line. Right. So then the fastest runner wins. But right now, people three laps ahead win. And it's just not right. So all, all we're trying to do is close the opportunity gap. And I've just realized, wow, the you know, there is still massive um, you know, disadvantages if if you're not a white male um who's able bodied and you know, all this stuff. So so really all we're trying to do is empower people to get to the same starting line that I started at. And uh and then we'll let everybody work, you know, and, and I uh, it'll be fun to see when that happens because, you know, problems will start to get solved that matter to a huge number of people, but they're not problems I have, but they matter to them and they'll start companies to solve them. And, you know, they'll, it, 
This is bonkers. So McKenzie just released a report that said, because of the opportunity wealth gap. So in America, uh, black families have one-tenth the amount of net worth as white families. Um, that's $17,000 versus $177,000 in net worth. That wealth gap or opportunity gap is costing America $1.5 trillion in GDP. So all of America is getting hurt. And and that, and that's silly. Like that shouldn't happen, right? So yeah. it's not just about empowering one group. It's really about kind of making life the way it should be. <laughs> so yeah, it's fun. everyone wins. Everybody, everybody wins. It's awesome. Yeah. So um, how can uh, you know someone who can't potentially uh, join the program and and um, you know pay for an apprenticeship a program with. Uh, with uh, Treehouse, how 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 can how can people um, help? How can people help with this problem within their own? Well, I, I appreciate that. I think um, you know, there's just a lot of um, work people can do to um, to to start being aware of if you know there's three laps ahead of everybody else. Like, what could they do to help other people um, get back to that same starting line? Just kind of being aware of that. That's an amazing thing to do. That's a starting point. It's kind of America-specific, but there's a podcast called Seeing White. I would recommend everybody listens to it. It's powerful and interesting. Um, so I think that's one thing. But, you know, um, we, we still teach people how to code online as well. We have an amazing online boot camp that's called The Tech Degree. It's the best in the world. You know, it's, it's a fraction of the cost of an in-person boot camp. Do not go to an in-person boot camp, you know, and I mean that because it is a waste of money and time. You can get the same outcome if you take the tech degree and it's 200 bucks a month, right? And you can pause at any time. So um, I feel pretty strongly about that. So just Google, you know, Treehouse Tech Degree, you can find that. Um, and if you want to know more about Project Unlocked American Dream and you are passionate about that, you know, um, uh, or interested in that, just email me. It's ryan at teamtreehouse.com um, and I'll, I'll chat about it. And I have emailed you on that and you reply. So I, so that is a yeah, real yeah. email address, guys. <laughs> it's a real one. <laughs> yeah. Hit me up. It's even in your Twitter profile. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Ryan, thank you so much for spending some time with me. I wish we could talk for double the amount of time, but such is the way of the world. Um, I've had a blast. And have a, ha- have a great weekend. You too. Take care. Thanks for listening to that episode. Uh, if you want to go and check out Progression, you can at progressionapp.com. We're launching in Q1, but you can get your hat in the ring a bit earlier if you want to. Just send me an email or a tweet or whatever you need to do. Uh, If you want to rate this podcast, please do. It really does help, apparently. And make sure you're subscribed to hear lots and lots of great episodes coming up. Thanks. Bye.